Pentecost 18, 2018, our theme, are we ready? Our theme is Jesus of Nazareth, both Lord and Christ. Understand, receive, and experience the present rule and reign of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Message number one was the kingship of God, whereby we saw that of all that you can call God, of all you see God to be, or you know God to be, the most important, the core of his nature is that of a king and kingship. We saw it from scripture. And that happens to be the way we know God the least. But that happens to be the way the Bible presents him the most. Are we all following? Huh? All right. Message number two. Anybody remembers? The messianic kingship of God. Message number two, part one. The messianic kingship of God. Message number three. The mayor, part one, Messianic kingship of God, part two. And under that subject, we saw that even though God is king and he has designed that this universe, the earth, the heavens, humanity, and every creature is designed and destined to be ruled and reigned over. Hallelujah. By God. But he did something. He took that rulership and dominion and gave to man. Can we turn to Can we turn to um, Psalms 116? I believe Psalms 116 and get that going. Psalms 116. The Psalms of David, number hundred and. 16. There's something we need to see there. Amen. Psalms 116. Verse, I believe, 15. Or I think Psalms 115. Verse 16. Psalms 115. Verse 16, here's what it says. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Did you see that? The heavens are what? The heavens of who? The Lord. Remember that name, Lord, is the name by which God redeems man and enters into covenant of redemption with man and provides for man. But most importantly, is the name by which God reveals himself as the king. Are you all following? Amen. Amen. And as the king, the creator and the king, he took the heavens and said, man, I am, the earth is mine, but I'm going to put it in your hands. And that's what he did in Genesis 1.26. Say, let them have dominion. Because of that, man didn't keep it. All the spiritual forces of wickedness. When Satan was Lucifer, that was his problem. He began to plot to be the king of the earth. And God cast him out. Amen. Amen. And after him, after God cast him out, God made man king. He came from the back door to deceive man and usurp the kingship. 
But God said, no, I won't stand for that. I will bring a special man better than the first man. Are you following? And that man is going to be the king of both heaven and earth. And he will rule and nothing can say no to him. And he began to try men, the patriarchs. But the problem is that those ones didn't have any nation to rule over. But they were serving in that nature, on that measure. But God said, no, wait a minute. We have to make this an organization, a national thing. He created a nation known as Israel. And planned, did a planning that one from among them will be king. And through his line of kingship, God, at some point in the line of that kingship of that king of Israel, God will bring a special heavenly being who will be both heavenly and earthly, who will be both God and man. And that unique being will be so unique and special. Amen. He will come from God, but he will come through a man. And ahead of time, God chose a man known as David and said to him, I want to use you as the first king, and I'm going to run through you a dynasty of kings who will come after you until they get to the perfect man whom I will anoint king to rule over the universe. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. Brethren, that's, that's how we came this far. Praise God. And God began to prepare this. And when he built the nation, man forced God, be careful about your desires. You can force yourself into something that God didn't have for you. Men say, we wanted a king. God, you're too slow. They took a king known as Saul. Are you following? And then, when trouble started, they saw it play out. God said, you choose your own king. You see how it ended? Now it's my time to choose my own king. He chose David. And said to David, your family, your descendants after you, will rule after you. And that's a particular wall God knew that would be perfect. And God made a covenant concerning that one. That's what we're celebrating today. Amen. That's the messianic kingship of God. It began with David. That kingship is a special kind of kingship. Not every kingship in the Bible is referred to as messianic. A messianic in the sense that it was a kingship that will be handled by the one known as the Messiah, the anointed one, a special man whom God invested with his spirit completely he was clothed with the spirit of god and what does that imply the spirit of god cannot fail he will provide everything god's people want and then not only did he anoint this man with his spirit he gave this man his personal name lord and sent this man forth so both david and solomon and the ones that came immediately after them through the ages were types and shadows but one thing you can know you can be sure of is that under david and solomon and the kings that came after them as imperfect as they were the people of god prospered you didn't hear that 
we need to understand the blessings of the messianic kingship. It's a kingship that will bring prosperity, deliverance, healing. Amen? Well-being upon God's people. Hallelujah. And there we are managing. If you saw in the reign of David, men were dancing every day. David himself couldn't help but dance. Hallelujah. There was abundance. There was prosperity. There was everything. Men, people respected those under David's reign. You dare not come to war against David and his kingdom. Even before he was made king, he slayed the Goliath. He has only one anointing as at that time. I mean, David, the people rejoiced so much after David that they couldn't wait for Saul to die. After Saul died, they came to him. They came to David. He said, what are you waiting for? You're hiding. The third anointing he got, they said to him, listen, we've been watching you. You're a tremendous man. Even when Saul was king, even when Saul was on the throne, you were the one going out and coming back for us. So we can't wait to have you. And that was a man. That was an imperfect man. But the people yearned for his coming. And I want to say this to you. Israel, even after David, even during the time of David, they began to realize, David himself began to realize that he is not the ultimate one God has been looking for. David himself, read the Psalms. He always looked forward. And the people always looked forward. One thing about Israel in those days is that no matter what they were going through, they could be in captivity. They would be singing to God. We say, they would say to God, we know you are our God. Even though we are under oppression right now. Even though evil over is trying to crush life out of us. We know you will send the Messiah. Are you all following? We know we are not going to give up. We know the Messiah will come. And when he comes, he will deliver us from all this evil. He will defeat our enemies. Are you hearing me? Praise God. He will establish us. He will bless us. That was what they called messianic hope. And for centuries, Israel yearned for the coming of the Messiah. That was why when John the Baptist came, and started telling, saying to, talking to them about the Messiah. They were all excited. Are you following? And that's why John the Baptist was emphasizing on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because only the Messiah is, has such anointing on himself to be able to impart it to others. Because they knew why they were excited when he said, I baptize you with water. But he will baptize you with the Spirit. They were excited because they know that their hope was about to be realized. Praise God. They waited for years and years to come. Even as they are dying, some of them, when they were dying, they'll be telling their children, it's unfortunate I didn't wait to see the Messiah, but I know he's going to come. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. When the Messiah comes, he will defeat our enemies. He will deliver us from their hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he will bless us. Yet they didn't fight, meet him. But when the, in the fullness of times he came, the tragedy is that those upon him he came are clueless that such a blessing has come upon us. I want to say this to you. A lot of us suffer 
and go through stuff. You know, we know, like to say we go, we're going through stuff. Stuff we created. I want to say the, the, the truth to you. You know, in church, we can spend the rest of our life dealing with stuff we created years ago. But unfortunately, is that after we come to Christ, we don't change. We're not creating the same old stuff. Or putting some religious icing on them. A lot of things we are going through today was because of our past disobedience. You don't believe that? In church today, a lot of stuff we deal with in church is things we brought upon ourselves based on what? Past disobedience. Because we had no king in those days. If we had one, it was evil kings. And then when we come to church, instead of changing that, whoa, look at what we're doing. We are the same attitude, the same mentality, creating new problem, only with a religious last name. Otherwise, we have a king. We live under a king, whereby a lot of things we are going through now, we shouldn't go through them. If we recognize that fact and respond to him. I'm telling you the truth. Because the time we live in now is the restored kingdom of David. We can call it church. We can call it this era. We can call it post 9-11. We can call it anything we want to call it. But God knows and sees this time as the messianic times. The restored kingdom of David. And I want to get our mindset there so that we begin to walk in that fashion. And we, God made a plan of walking this thing out through David. And that's what we have been looking scripture after scripture. Is that correct? Prophecy after prophecy. But today we should be going to fulfillment of prophecy. My message today, message number four, is the highest of the kings of the earth. Part one. Did you hear me? The highest of what? The kings of the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's read a little more of those prophecies and we go, we culminate into today's message. And after today, we're going to see what happens. Praise the Lord. I say, Praise the Lord. So we're going to go to. Hallelujah. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Over the ages, God's people have been held in bondage or under kingdoms. One kingdom after the other have held God's people in bondage. Hallelujah. A man, a servant of God known as Daniel came into the court of Nebuchadnezzar. He had a dream, to cut the long story short. A dream of an image was shown to, to this guy. And then Daniel interpreted this dream. There was at least three or four kingdoms. And in this man's, in this dream, the first part was the head. A man made of, I think, uh, certain metal gold. A man, right? All right. After that, was a bust made of what? Silver. After that was this area, the lower, lower part of the body, the reproductive area, made of what? 
bronze or brass, if you like. After that is the thigh and the upper leg made of what? Iron. Huh? Iron and clay. Praise the Lord. Then after that is the feet. The lower leg and the feet. Those are iron and um, the, the clay. And then this is iron. But here's how these um, empires came. One was Babylon. Did it dominate God's people? Yes. After Babylon, another kingdom by the Medes and the Persians came and took over. After that, hallelujah, Greece came. Are you hearing me? And where was God? <laughs> where was God all this time? See, you can't hurry God up in his plan. After that, Greece, Rome. After Rome, all sorts of empires, present-day empires came. You had the Spanish, you had the British Empire, now it's America. All kinds of modern worldly empires, the lower parts. That's where we are today. Praise God. But as those empires were exacting their influence, something happened. Are you in chapter 2? Go to verse 44. Verse 44. Actually, let me start from verse 40. To cut, you know, I want to cut the, the things short, even though I want to cut the things short, but we'll go back a little bit. Then there will be a fourth kingdom as strong as iron, in as much as iron crushes and shatters all things. Are you following? Actually, this Roman kingdom, it says, known as what? Rome. Is that correct? Huh? Amen. Amen. And there will be a fourth kingdom, as strong as iron, in as much as iron shatters all things. So, like iron that breaks in pieces, it will crush and break all these in pieces. In that, you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay. Did you notice that? At the lowest, the clay now. Potter's clay. Amen? And partly of iron. It will be a divided kingdom. But we will have in it the toughness of iron. In as much as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of pottery. So some of the kingdom will be strong and part of it will be brittle. And in that you see the iron mixed with common clay. They will combine with one another in the seed of men. But they will not adhere to one another. Even as iron does not combine with pottery. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. Are you beginning to see that? Hallelujah. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Are you beginning to have an idea of what we are dealing with here? Huh? Amen. In as much as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. Did you see that? Huh? Jesus and his kingdom. That's the miraculous birth of Jesus. Was cut out of a what? A, a mountain without hands. 
Hallelujah. And that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, and the silver, and gold. The great God has made it known to the king what will take place in the future. So the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. That's where we are now. We are in the last days, and the final kingdom has come, and it will last forever, and nothing will defeat it. If you have that kingdom, nothing will overcome you. Oh, no, you didn't get that. I say, if you have that kingdom, nothing will do what? Overcome. And that's the kingdom where we are in. Praise God. So God's people began to see this. Go to me, with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. Amen? These are the prophets now. Sorry, it's not, it's, not, it's not that. For now, actually, before we get to Isaiah, let's, let me take um, 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings, before you get to Isaiah. 1 Kings chapter 2. I'll show you something. 1 Kings 2, quickly. Here's what it says. Verse 12. Then David slept with his fathers. I was buried where? Are you with me? First Kings chapter 2. What did I say? Verse what? Oh, verse 10. So, sorry, I'm reading from verse 10. Then David slept with his fathers and was what? Buried in the city of David. Pay attention to that because you will come up. The days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. And Solomon sat on the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. Did you see that? We saw Solomon yesterday, the prophecy about David and his son, and we saw that Solomon began to fulfill it, but he was not the ultimate. Is that correct? All right, did you notice that? So, let's go to 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 23. Are you in 23? Let's start from verse 1. On the next day, they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord. 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, and 1,000 lambs with their drink offering and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. The people of God, see that under the kingdom of David, they did things in abundance. They always worked in abundance. Amen? Amen. And they made Solomon, the son of, king, of David, king a second time. And they anointed him as ruler for the Lord. Did you notice that? They anointed him as what? Ruler for who? The Lord. And Zadok as priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David, his father. 
Did you pick up something there? Solomon sat on what? The throne of the Lord. I thought he would say the throne of his father David. (laughs) There is a reason I'm pointing that out. He sat on the throne of the Lord. That's not an error. The Bible was deliberate. Praise God. Solomon, here's the message. Solomon was holding forth for someone else. In all his glory. He was what? Holding forth. He was filling in space and time. It was the throne of the Lord he sat on. But you're going to see that the one that will sit on that ultimately is known as the greater than Solomon. But that's just a little bit of it. He will indeed be called the Lord. Are you, are you, are you getting that? So, I mean, you can hear what happened in the reign of Solomon and you rejoiced. But Solomon was holding forth for somebody. Because the one that will sit there will be called the Lord himself. Are you, are you following? And he's sitting there now. So, so Solomon was kind of occupying space. I say it with reverence. Hallelujah. Did the people rejoice under Solomon's reign? Yes. Was there prosperity and abundance? Yes. But he didn't have all it takes to sit there. It was just a privilege for him to sit there. Amen? And he prospered. Look at that. And and he did what? Prospered. And what? All Israel obeyed him. All who? Israel obeyed him. Now, if you look at the New Testament, and that's where the problem is, you can't benefit from this kingship unless you understand obedience. And of course, obedience is belief. Is that correct? Here's what happened. When this new king came, more than Israel is expected to obey him. He said, Pastor, who, who obeyed him beyond Israel? Anybody? Can you make a guess? Can, you, can anybody suggest who obeyed him beyond Israel? Huh? The queen of Sheba came and what? Somebody say something from the choir? The Gentiles today, because we come from uh, Gentile background, we obeyed him, but something more obeyed him. You want to guess? Huh? Let, let me show you what obeyed him. Death obeyed him. And they still obey him. You're not following that. Hallelujah. Death obeyed him. What else obeyed him? Demons obey him. <laughs> Why do you think we're able to shut demons up? Because we live under a kingdom. Okay. All right. For Solomon, all Israel obeyed him. Everybody clapped. All Israel, yeah, everybody clapped. But you ain't seen nothing yet. I want to tell you what else obeyed him. The wind. Now watch. The demons represented the satanic world. They all bowed to him. When, they show, when he showed up suddenly on them in the synagogue. And in the village known as, uh, you know, Gadara. So you showed up so soon. Have you come to destroy us? I'm talking about your king. 
And I want you to think about the things you go through. They obey him faster than you do. Than I do. You don't understand that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Death obeyed him. If you go back to John 11 and take your time and study it, you find that they, they live in, argue with him, struggle with him. The only person who obeyed him in that chapter was the dead man. Does that say something about us and what we are going through? Our problems are ready to obey him. But they are waiting for us to allow them to obey him. Okay. They were debating with him every step of the way. They didn't like what I'm saying. I'm just telling you. You've got to understand these things. I have been on phone sometimes talking about some spiritual things and the line went off. Boom. I knew. They didn't like it. I dialed again and said it louder. And so I'm going to say it louder. I said our problems are so willing to obey him. But we are standing in the way. All right. And if you take it, they take the light or whatever happens to the light. I'm going to use my voice. I have a good voice. You'll fill this room. Hallelujah. It's a kingdom voice. Hallelujah. It's an apostolic voice. The first apostles had no microphones. But it reached the world. Hallelujah. I think I'm spoiled. I said. For their recording. Amen. Amen. The wind. The disciples said, who is this kind of man? They thought they were still looking at the carpenter's son. You know, he didn't do, I mean, they were not helped by the fact that even though he was the Messiah, he came as a suffering servant. They were expecting somebody, a heavenly man. He was still him, but he came under the radar. Praise God. Hear me clearly. Ugly kings, especially evil ones, feared him. When he was born, the first person they ran into, Herod. They said, where is the place where the king of Israel has been born? Say, say that again. <laughs> his heart started racing. Say that again. Oh, we saw his star. We are professionals in looking at stars. And when we saw this one, we know it's no ordinary human being. It's a king. It's a special king. And we followed his star. And he ended up in, quote, your territory. So where is he born? He said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? Go and find, look out further. When you find it, come and tell me. When they made a U-turn, and started going. He called the scribes. Sometimes unbelievers believe this stuff than you and I. He called the scribes. He said, scribes, you know what the scribes are? Experts in the Bible in those days. They will find the scripture and search it and tell you and interpret it for you. He asked them, where did the Bible? Herod was asking. Where? Oh no, come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. An evil king for the first time because his kingdom is being shaken. Call the scribes and say, where was this said? Come on. Hallelujah. 
that the king will run. And the scripture they gave him destroyed him. Micah 5.2. That's where the, the, the scribes located the answer for Herod. Micah 5.2. You see, these are, the, these are the things you see on your Christmas greeting card, yet you don't get it right. Please, Christmas is a celebration of the birth of a king. Oh no, you don't understand. Hallelujah. Micah 5.2. Quickly, I don't have more time left. Micah 5.2. We're going to see something here. Amen. Praise the Lord. They will, they, you know, demonic forces obey him. Is that correct? Yeah. Amen. The wind obey him. The dead obey him. Evil kings obey him. The only people that wrestle with him are his own people. And thank you. That's consistent. But as many. And those of us who have received him, the one problem we still have with him is whether we will obey or not. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the lands, clans of Judah, from you will go forth, for me, God is speaking, for me to be the ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago. From the days of eternity. That's what they told Herod. I wish I have time. I show you in the New Testament where they told him they quoted the scripture. And those people in those days, they rely on scripture. That's another area of difference we have with them. It was if it were today, we'll ask, we'll call 911 number. Oh, sorry, is that what is psychic number? 900 number. Who do all kinds of things. No, they went to scripture. Did you notice that the one who come as the ruler, is that correct? He will come as the ruler. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to the New Testament and see what happens. Luke chapter 1, quickly. Luke, the first chapter. Every prophecy, or majority of the prophecies about his birth, emphasize one thing. Are you, hear, are you hearing me? Majority of the prophecies about the birth of Jesus emphasize one thing, his kingship. Have you noticed that? Isaiah said, unto us, what? A child is born. And a son is given. Is that correct? He shall be what? Called what? Wonderful. Is that correct? What else? Counselor. What else? The mighty God. And what else does he say? The everlasting king. Not, I don't know of any prophecy about his coming that didn't emphasize that kingship. Everlasting king. And what else? The prince. Did you see royalty there? And then what happens? And the government shall be where? Upon his shoulder. And of the increase of his kingdom and righteousness, there shall be no end. Why is it that the prophet spoke about his coming in royal terms? But we always want to see it in religious terms. 
That's the beginning of problems. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When I was growing up, little boy, I used to hear so much of Christ the King. Most traditional churches, that was their name. Our names today <laughs> as churches. And if you don't want to use that name, King, reflect a name. Use a name that will reflect that. It's important. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I will take verse verse 32. Here's what the angel said to Mary, the mother, before he was conceived. Amen. What verse did I say? 32. Let me start from 30. The angel said to her, that's Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him what? Jesus. Watch. He will be great. Hallelujah. And he will be called the son of the most high. Is that clear? All right. But it didn't end there. The son of the most high. You may miss the kingship there, but you can't miss it in the next one. And the Lord God will give him what? The throne of what? His father, David. Did you see the messianic kingship right there? That was the central message that the angel gave to Mary. Of all that Mary, the angel said to Mary, that was core. The Lord God will give him what? The throne of his father David. So, anytime you say Jesus is my redeemer, my savior, my so on and so forth, don't miss out the kingship because he couldn't have delivered you the way he did if he weren't king. <laughs> he couldn't have brought you into salvation if he weren't the king. In other words, the message here is that your people thought that the era of David is long gone. They are mistaken. That era is being restored. That's what the angel is saying to Mary. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not only being restored, it will be taken to another level. And God has pleased to use you to be the woman to bring forth the king. And for us who are here now calling ourselves Christians, hey, it means that we are citizens of the kingdom of David under a new king. Is that key? Praise the Lord. And here's the next line. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. For how long? Forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Praise God. Let's go to Matthew 2.2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. Let's start from verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, amen, where was he born? Bethlehem. Do you know that when Mary conceived him, Mary was living in another city? <laughs> Are you aware of that? And if he were born in that city, there would be an argument whether he's the king or not. Because all the prophecies say he will be born in Judea. And you know what happened? When God says he would do something, he will do that thing. Amen. Hallelujah. He was, the, the, the parents were in um, Nazareth, in Galilee, another state, another region. Here's what happened. And, hallelujah. Amen. And 
she was almost due. You know, one thing you know that God is the master planner, the king, is that nothing stops him. The woman was pregnant. Eight full months passed. But she was bearing the king of God that was supposed to be born in Judea. Oh, praise God. And another danger is that when God wants to do something and you are pulling back and you are standing by the side, he will use the most unusual. He will use the most unexpected. So as the time approaches, a gentle evil king passes a decree. Augustus Caesar. <laughs> because there's a king there whose destiny must be settled. So all the kings will respond. Everything will come in line. Listen to me. That is Jesus started reigning from the womb. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Another king all of a sudden passed a decree. An emperor passed a decree and said there will be a census. Mm-hmm. Alright, let there be a census. That was first part of the law. Second part of the law, everybody will go back to their village. Come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Joseph said to Mary, did you hear the Lord say, can you travel? Let's give it a shot. If when God speaks, all you can do is give a shot. The earlier you do it, the better. Praise God. And don't worry the circumstances that come on the way. Don't worry where you were born. Nobody cares afterwards. Because he was born in a manger. The king of heaven and earth. A lot of us get tied up to things that don't matter. I wish my mom has born me in the best hospital. Because if you do that, that's where all my troubles started. All my uncles, look at them, nobody's. Don't blame your uncles. They didn't live under the kingdom you're living now. So stop looking at them. Rise up! And the king was born in the city of David. The prophet said it will be in the city of David. Is that correct? And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king. What days? Hey, listen. You know what? I could have said, "Mm -mm, we are not getting pregnant. Until Herod starts and finishes his reign. Everything there is important. What does it mean to you? If Jesus is your king, nothing else is a factor. Oh, you, you did not hear that. Nothing else is a factor. If you have the kingdom of God, nothing else is a factor. In the t- days of Herod the king, Major from the east arrived. Amen? Praise God. This is M- M- Matthew chapter 2. Is that correct? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen? And then, where, and say, where is he that has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. So they quoted that scripture, and that's why we are there. Amen? Let's go to Luke. Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 11. Amen? Now, after he has been born, after he has been born, here's what happened in verse 11. Amen? Let's start from verse 
8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What's our theme? Jesus of Nazareth, both what? Christ and Lord. So that's the fulfillment of those promises to David. I said that's the what? The fulfillment of those what? Promises to David. Listen, who are those people? The shepherds, right? They had no idea what they were saying. Praise the Lord. In terms of the significance. Amen. They had no idea what they saw. And the angel was the one who told them exactly. Born to us. Where? In the city of David. Look no further. That's the king. Many of the Jewish nation today are still waiting for this event. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? But we are not waiting. We are waiting for his return. But here is the implication. Born to us when? This day. That was over 2,000 years ago. In the city of David. Does that, does that have a significance? That's the king. The Davidic king. The messianic king. The last in the line. Finally he has shown up. Is who? A savior. Amen? That name. That word. Savior. Is the name Jesus. Yeshua. Jehoshua. God's salvation. Or the savior from God. And that's his human name. Are you all following? That is his ordinary human name. But two other things were said. Who is what? Christ. The anointed one. The Messiah. The Lord. God himself in his capacity as king. Our theme is Jesus of Nazareth, both what? Lord and Christ. You know, in the crucifixion, one of the errors of the people during the crucifixion is that they rejected him as their king. At, what po- at one point, Pontius Pilate, a, a governor, a king, a representative of Pharaoh, of um, sorry Caesar, said to them, "Behold your king, behold him, the king of the Jews, and so on and so forth." They said, "We have no king but Caesar." <laughs> now they said it verbally, but we may be saying it silently. Okay. Did, did you get that? They said it how? Verbally. But we may be doing what? Saying it how? Silently. In our attitude and by action. And sometimes what you don't say means so much. By our actions. By our attitude. One of the things the flesh in us fight against is the lordship, the kingship of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, 
And whenever we're fighting against the world, it is the kingship of Jesus we are fighting. Because kings rule by words. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that's one of the problems they had. Is rejected their king. And incidentally, in a mocking way, the soldiers who killed him put up something and said, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. In other words, willy-nilly. Whether you like it or not. They put a crown of thorns in him. Even though it was a crown of thorns, but there was an acknowledgement there that he's king. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One of the most interesting parts was when the high priest asked him at the final moment, high priest asked him and said, now, with all these things going on, let, let, let's come to the conclusion of the matter. Let me ask you a question now. Answer me. And he wasn't answering anybody. He wasn't talking. Are you the Messiah? The son of the blessed one. He said, you have said so. You just said it. <laughs> the guy tore his clothes. Oh no, you don't even understand what you are enjoying. That you are accepting it easily. You have no idea. The high priest tore his clothes and said, you all have heard it. He has blasphemed. He tore his clothes. Read the gospels. Because it meant so much in the spirit realm that he is the king. The devil will tear his clothes today over you and me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know what? By the man, the man finished time, the man finished tearing his clothes. He said, by the way, very soon you will see the son of man exalted on the throne of glory. He was talking about the day of Pentecost. And after that, he will return in the glory of his angels. Praise God. I said, the devil will tear his clothes from now on. Because we will declare by words, by actions, by attitude, that Jesus is that king. Lord and Christ. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. He was talking with that woman at the well. And in the midst of the discussion, the discussion went somewhere. The woman said, well, we have heard that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will explain all things. He said to the woman, for the first time he said that to anybody. Woman, he that is speaking to you, I am he. One of the greatest blessings people received, people like Bartimaeus, the blind man, was when he called him son of David because the people were not sure whether he was that king or not. Are you hearing me? But Bartimaeus said to him, thou son of David, he stopped because he came not telling people that he was the son of David. He didn't want to tell people. He wanted them to find out. And any time anybody called him that, because, you know, again, they will abuse it. You know? Because at that time, politically, they were under Rome. And I will say something here in closing. They were under Rome. So their understanding of the kingship of Jesus, of anyone of David's son who will come back, is somebody who will go to Caesar and challenge Caesar. 
But in his first coming, that was not the plan. His first coming is to deal with Caesar's master. Caesar was nothing for him. He would deal with the guy behind Caesar. That's the devil. Praise the Lord. In his first coming, I will take his life to accomplish that. Hallelujah. So he came like a lamb. So he, did, he came not telling everybody, I'm the Messiah, I'm the king. He didn't say it. But whenever, anytime, anybody blew his cover, he attended to the person quickly and walked away from there. At some point, they came to him and said, we found you're the Messiah. They wanted to grab him to send him to hell. And you know why? He would do that in his second coming. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But for now, for now, that's what we have. Hallelujah. And let me say this to you. The early church got into so much problem that we don't get into today. Because they proclaimed him Christ. And they proclaimed him Lord. Both the word Christ and Lord speaks of him as king. And what was the problem they faced? They were under human emperors who were worshipped. In the days of the early church, to be an emperor is to be a god. Mm, okay. And so, all of a sudden, this bunch of 120 people started talking about a certain Jewish carpenter as the king under Caesar's rule. That was trouble. That was why they dealt with them so badly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In those days, that's what they call emperor worship. And there was no city that was not under the control of an emperor. And the early church was really looking for trouble. They went everywhere and telling them that Jesus is the Christ. Today, it doesn't mean what it really means. It's been watered down into a religious idea. In those days, if you say he's the Christ, you can either say he's the Lord or he's the Christ. Whichever word you use, you are saying to people he is the king. Do you understand what I'm saying? That was the problem in Acts 17. But before we go to Acts 17, so on the day of Pentecost, give me Acts 2, 36 if you can, 34 to 36 on the board. Give me Acts 2, 34 to 36 quickly. So here's our theme, and we must look at it at this point, and then we pray. Is it coming up? Okay, 34. Peter was speaking on the day of Pentecost. For it was not David who ascended into heaven. Did you notice what he's saying? Because all the things that were fulfilled were what were promised to David. But Peter is trying to slice it down and say, listen, yes, those promises were made to David and about David, but it was fulfilled by the greater than David. For it was not David who was ascended into heaven, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou at my right hand. The Lord, God the Father, said to my Lord, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Next verse, 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both what? Lord and Christ. He was born in the city of David. Amen? Amen. Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Praise God. 
they crucified him. Paul says they crucified the Lord of the glory, meaning the God who used to show up in the Holy of Holies is the one they crucified. Praise God. You know, you, you can crucify him again. Do you, you know that? And that's a bad thing. Paul was saying that people were crucifying him again by neglecting him. Hallelujah. Today, today, we have a new king. You know, you know how they announced the new pope? Before they announced a new pope, are you hearing me? Yes, sir. It used to be trepidation and tension for about three weeks. And the day they will announce it, all kinds of things, smoke will come up. Listen to this. You see, we like to do things that are physical. And then one cardinal will come out and shout, Habamus Papam! We have a new pope. Today I want to shout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm going to see your reaction. Listen to me. When I shout what I'm going to shout, things, things we tear their clothes. Problems we tear their clothes. Hallelujah. Oppositions. Amen. All troubles melt at the size of his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, problems, religious leaders, death, the wind, the sea, situations and circumstances. Oh no. Failures. Anything that has troubled you or that is said to trouble you. They will hear his voice. And they will bow. Hear me. Paul said to us that the whole creation are waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Do you know that when Jesus shows up, the Bible says the trees will clap their hands. And I'm wondering how the, where the trees are going to get hands. But it will happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, so mountains will roar. And they bow. Everything. Mountains will bow. The seas will roar. Hallelujah. At the sight of his return. So what are we doing? Brothers and sisters, we have, I wish I could say it in Latin. Next time I will learn to say it in Latin. <laughs> okay. Habemus Christi. Are you sitting down and doing that? Habemus Christi. Habemus Christi. Habemus Christi. Habemus Christi. Habemus Christi. We have a new king Hey! Domino Christi! Domino says Christi! 